Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. And welcome to episode 160 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... Gray! Hello! <laughs> I still love that intro. <laughs> How are you doing? I am good, thank you. Good, good, good. What have you been up to? Well, I know some of the things you've been up to, but do tell us. <laughs> well, this happened not long after um, I was on the last podcast, which was about May time. I'd realised um, in the geeky way that I I was finishing seasons every day. So I was trying to clear my iPad down. And in the first seven days of May, I realised I'd cleared a season of a TV programme every day. So in my geeky world, I set myself this weird challenge that I feel I could finish 50 seasons of television programmes in 50 days. And... Uh, <laughs> Dave, I'm on day 42, and I've currently completed 43. Um, so I think I might share them with you. So to all the listeners, I, this bit will be sped up. So if you want to discuss any of them, come onto Twitter with me. But I'm going to read them out. Are you going to be ready for this, Dave? Go on. If I don't mention the season, it's the most recent season. Okay, so I have finished this month. Ordeal by Innocence, Keeping Faith, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Bojack Horseman Season 1, Smilf, Lee and Dean, Sounds Like Friday Night, Divorce, Marcella, America's Next Top Model, The Chris Ramsey Show, Crashing, Russell Howard and Mum, How to Go Away with Murder, Episodes, Here and Now, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, The Big Bang Theory, In the Long Run, Dear White People Season 1, Scandal, Family Guy Season 16, The Goldbergs, X on the Beach, Silicon Valley, Modern Family, Blind Spot, Will and Grace Season 4, Life in Pieces Season 1, The Middle, Chicago Fire, The Flash Season 4, Have I Got News for You, Superstore Season 3, The Simpsons Season 29, Grey's Anatomy, Teachers Season 2, Chicago Med, Evil Genius, Blackish, Ninja Warrior UK, and Bob's Burgers. Ta-da! <laughs> 43 seasons so far. I've got eight, uh, eight days left and I've got to find seven more seasons to finish and it is achievable. Well done. I, any any particular standouts for you out of those season finales? Um, well, obviously a lot of them were ticking all the way through March and April. So it's not like I watched whole seasons in days, but some I did. So um, Evil Genius, I uh, finished uh, in two days. It was a four part documentary on Netflix. Uh, some people were telling me about it at work yeah i thought oh, i've got to watch that so i really enjoyed that it was it was a, in my opinion a slightly better version than um making a murderer that was on a oh, couple okay. of years ago yeah um it was more factual there was less bias um and it told it in a really interesting way and yeah that kept me going on a few train journeys i really enjoyed that oh, i um, haven't got that yet so I'll, I'll have to go and have a look at that all parts really really digestible and yeah i really enjoyed that um yeah, cool. i also watched within a day as well i'm Kimmy Schmidt. Now that wasn't on my <laughs> list because I'm not counting that as a 
season because they've got a second half of yeah, it coming back half in season, season that, yeah. half season really good really current really to the point and you know I, it was a good humour that came out when I was on my half term break so that was a nice little binge watch that day when I got that out so I enjoyed that I've just really enjoyed finishing some things and looking forward to the next season there are a few things I finished and was disappointed and was like actually maybe it's time to knock that one on the head mm. um, so I was mentioning on Twitter blind spot came to an end yes. um, and when it the first season was really good and then the second season was bearable but I'm just wondering if it's treading over old ground and running out of plot now and it got to the end of it and I was like oh I feel like I've been here before so I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm going to go back to blind spot well, um, we, we were talking about you know uh, at what point do you stop do you tattoo like him do you tattoo yeah. <laughs> like do they get a pet and you tattoo that I mean you know where, where do you get yeah. to so uh, yeah I, I mean I, I actually I quite like what they've done with the show I think the characters are very likeable they're very watchable mm-hmm. I you know it's it's always a problem it's a problem that Quantico has had as well actually in the it had a great idea for its first season which is you know recruit joins the FBI and gets blamed for a terrorist attack yeah. and that that was a great first season but the problem is once you've done that where do you go? Yeah, where do you go? So yeah. the second season had her joining the CIA, sort of undercover as an FBI agent. The third season, they've tried something else entirely, and it's got kind of more of a procedural feel to it now ironically it's now being cancelled but they sort of have got to a point where you could actually keep it going as a straight procedural now you know they've got like a core team together it's very well written it's very fun as a straight procedural it actually works quite well as this this group working for the fbi as a black ops team and i watched the first couple of episodes of that this time around and uh I've really been enjoying it, but it's been cancelled. So, <laughs> yeah, I really like Quantico season one, and I think somewhere I've got Quantico season two. Maybe that could be one of my next series. You never know. Yes, maybe it um, could. But yeah, with Blind Spot, I'm just, I just got a little bit fed up with all the twists. Everyone's always a villain in the end. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, bring someone nice in, you're like, oh, they're going to end up as a villain. <laughs> yeah, the the poor science girl who can't, you know, the the kind of nerdy science girl who who really can't pick a boyfriend. No. You know, <laughs> and Don't... the bizarre thing in that season do you know who they made her dad yes yeah that was really strange that, that uh, was so oh, Bill Nye the Bill, science guy yes Bill Nye the science guy that was a very odd pull I quite <laughs> enjoyed it because I adore Bill Nye he's yeah. wonderful but it was a very odd pull to put it put him it in was just that moment I was like oh, you're losing it for me now blind spot <laughs> 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 but, uh, oh dear yeah. um, I really weirdly not weirdly because I've always enjoyed it but black Blackish season two just finished on uh, E4 Channel 4 and all oh, those last few episodes, Dave, they were not comedy, but done in a really good way. Are you familiar right. with the program? Uh, yes, I am. I've yeah. slowly worked my way through, I think I've done season one. I may be about halfway through season two. It's a solid comedy. It's yeah. it's entertaining. And like you say, it's, it's really interesting because it does touch on a lot of you know social and political issues as well, which is very well done quite a lot of the time. So, you know, Despite it being a sort of knockabout half-hour comedy show, it covers those issues really well. I mean, stylistically, the last few episodes were very, very well put together, but I 
they, I, I mean, I went onto user forums when they're on and some people were really up in arms uh, where they'd taken this sitcom, but then there was another like equal 50% of people going, look, this is, they're trying to represent real life. This is what they need to do. They've got to give some, the characters some depth and some nuance rather mm. than making it like a comedy. But, you know, they did a twist at the end, in my opinion. There was a little twist in the last episode, which sort of put them back on track. But it was quite sad, those last few episodes. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and one of my ones I'm enjoying that I haven't finished, it wasn't in my list, was Barry. Right, um, yeah. The Bill Hader sort of comedy drama. I'm quite enjoying that. It was a bit of a different um, TV program, a little bit of a twist. And what I enjoyed about the one I just recently watched is I realised it was written by Sarah Soleimani. If you know that name, she is from Him and Her with oh, Russell right. Tuckby. Yes. Uh, she's a British comedian and she's obviously writing for uh, this sitcom over in, in America with Sarah Bill Hader. And I, I sort of, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, good. But what you will notice is absent from my list is no films. <laughs> yeah. I am a bad film reviewer. <laughs> um, yeah. well, I saw Deadpool 2 and that was the last film I've seen. Genuinely, it's just with the amount going on, it's easier to set up at home with with an iPad and watch TV at the moment than it is to get out to the cinema. Yeah. Um, I did a desperation message to my friend who we previously called The Raven today saying, we need to get to the cinema. I'm on a bit of a drought. Um, <laughs> and I know there's quite a lot in there that I need to see and I need to review. So... I will be pushing myself for the next few weeks to get myself back out there. Yes, yeah. Well, I... Uh, we knew it was going to be a bit like this as you came towards end of term because your you know, proper jobs get in the way, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Dave? Um, well, Quantico, as I mentioned, I've I've started watching the season of that. That's the third season of that. Third and final season. That's been quite good fun. Get Shorty, I picked up as well, which has just started airing on uh, Sky Atlantic over here, which has been going, I think it's on its third season in the US now. And uh, it's... An, made by a company called or made by a channel called epics and they've got some great stuff on epics and it just doesn't seem to make it way over here there's one called berlin station which is made by them which stars richard armitage and you kind of think that would be a shoe in for a pickup and it's not mm. been picked up yet but uh, get shorty is uh, based on the Amor leonard novel um it's essentially about a a guy who is a hired thug for uh, some very shady people and his relationship is breaking down and he feels like he needs to make a change. One of the guys they go to collect money on is a screenwriter and uh, they end up taking the screenwriter's script and he tries to become a producer is essentially the, the basic sort of setup okay. for it. Yeah. Um, a, I, I know there was a film about it which starred John Travolta, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, there was. 95 it was, the movie. Yeah. The TV show is uh, stars Chris O'Dowd and uh, Ray Romano is in it as well. Uh, there's a few other people. But uh, yeah, Chris O'Dowd is kind of the main lead in it plays Miles. Chris O'Dowd's very watchable anyway. He's he's a really fun actor to watch. But uh this is it's it's just good. It's really nice, well put together comedy drama about this guy who is this thug who's trying to become a film producer. Renewed for a second season. Yeah, so it's got two seasons out at the really? moment. Going to add that to the list. But uh yeah, on Sky Atlantic at the moment, so it'll be on Now TV as well. I think all the episodes are actually up, although it is going out weekly. They've dumped all the episodes up so i imagine if you're on now tv you can just watch through them 
What else have I been doing? Uh, oh, Cloak and Dagger was the other thing. New What's show. your opinion on that? I, I'm not sure, but I don't know whether I'm going to invest in that one. I actually really enjoy it. It is a bit teen drama-y. It kind of depends whether you want to kind of go down that route, but it's interesting and different. Uh, the, you first meet them when they're young children and the male lead is is sort of this, this kid and he ends up helping his brother steal back a car radio because uh, they'd sold the guy a car radio and he hadn't paid for it so they were trying to steal it back uh, gets caught and you sort of think that he's uh, he's going to be the thuggish part of, of this duo because the girl comes from a very well-to-do family and they've got a decent house and all that sort of thing as they grow up those roles switch so he becomes the kind of going to school being a good kid and she becomes the sort of runaway teen essentially okay so those roles kind of switch over which i thought was kind of interesting some event happens which has given them these powers which seem to would which not spoiling anything because i think this is in the trailer they seem to first activate when the two meet again for the first time having first met as children it's a really interesting idea for a show i mean i've only seen the first couple of episodes it's a little slow to get going you're not really seeing that much of their powers so far she can basically create daggers out of light and he can seemingly transport himself by sort of turning into a sort of black mist and disappearing essentially okay that that seems to be the sort of power what else they can do i'm not sure yet because they've only released the first two episodes it's on amazon prime i would say it is worth a watch i mean if you like your comic book series i would say that one is definitely worth looking at i enjoyed the first couple of episodes it's something i'm going to be watching more of i think i will add that to my list something to fill the flash void that i've got in my life yes yes now all those are finished <laughs> there was one other thing i did this week which was a uh, tiny little comic con it was a mini comic con called geeks and foes which was held in my local town they do these all over the country i think and uh, they they have like three or four guests in this particular case it was Chris Barry and Hattie Hayridge and Andrew Lee Potts and I'm going to forget the other guy's name which is terrible because I spent ages talking to him uh, he's a guy in one of the creature suits and he was the the thin body double for the little Captain America in the first Captain America movie uh, okay so he was involved in that process of creating the the small version of um, of Captain America before he comes Captain America oh. so um, we've actually interviewed I mean there's video interviews from MCM with Andrew Lee Potts uh, there is one with the other guy as well something Warren and his name escapes me but um, there is video interviews with them which are up on on the website and uh, up on the YouTube channel as well I didn't sort of talk in any interview capacity with any of those guys while I was down there because we've kind of done them all quite recently so yeah. uh, I, you know but it, it was an interesting little con I mean it was £5 to get in few tables around they did some stuff for kids it seems to be they gear things a little bit more towards the sort of younger kids and stuff who get to go and meet you know a guy in a group costume and they've got kind of a little photo area where you can take photos with aliens and and stuff so i mean it's there's there's lots of little things going on at those cons but uh, they're called geeks and foes and if you get one coming close to you they're worth going to spend a few hours to sort of if you're looking for something to do with the family on an afternoon you like that sort of stuff go along because they are they are worth going to see i think that's all we've been doing for this week let's move on to some tv and film news 
we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Atlanta has been renewed for a third season. I noticed season one, I think, is rerunning on BBC Two at the moment, it appears. So uh, you can catch that, I'm assuming, on the iPlayer. I'm guessing it's kicking around the iPlayer. That had, Season one has previously aired on Fox over here already, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two is coming, I think, later this month on Fox. And uh, they've now renewed it for season three. So worth going to watch that. Netflix has renewed 13 Reasons Why for a third season. I've not watched season no. two yet. What are they going to have 13 of now? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that renewal because a lot of people thought that given the controversy around the series and the subject matter, they might not pick it up again. But I think they're finding it quite an important series to reach people that are suffer have suffered from uh, mental yeah. trauma. And it's connecting with a certain audience quite heavily by the looks of things. So uh, they are, have decided that they're going to pick it up for a third season. I don't know what they're going to do with it because you know they've way beyond the books the original book which was what the first season was based on at this point i've not watched it yet i know matt has and matt will be on next week so i imagine he'll talk a bit about that shadow hunters has been cancelled after three seasons by freeform although they are doing a feature length finale for it so although it's gone, there is a slight silver lining in that they are ending it properly by the sounds of it. I know that's upset a number of people because they were originally doing the movies, then dropped the movie franchise to do it in TV form, and now they've dropped the TV franchise. So, But uh, yeah, not a show that I've, I've ever watched, but uh, that's now coming to an end after three seasons. Fox has taken NCIS New Orleans, which I know will make a lot of people happy because it was on Channel 5 and uh, they dropped it midway through season three and it never reappeared. So they are now picking it up on Fox from season four, unfortunately. So half a season is still missing somewhere in the vaults at Channel 5. Hopefully it will make it out at some point. But they stopped airing it, I think, last year sometime. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But, you know, Channel 5 obviously have it because they won't have bought half a season. They've just not aired it for whatever reason, which is kind of frustrating for British fans, but we'll see what happens. But uh, season four is going to air in July on uh, Fox. Sky Living has got a rebrand coming up. They are finally changing the name of Sky Living to Sky Witness. Yeah, I see this. They've also announced that they're picking up a few new shows, one of them being the Shondaland series For the People, which is a legal drama. This has been a long time coming. And it makes perfect sense because one of the main criticisms that I see on a lot of the forums for Sky is they don't get what Sky Living is. The identity of the channel is a sort of hangover from when it used to be Living TV and then it was Sky Living. And you know now they've finally decided to drop the Living brand because, to be fair, the entire channel is basically procedural dramas at this yeah, point. Yeah. So Living as a brand doesn't really work anymore. So they're changing it to Sky Witness, which I think is a perfectly reasonable name. And yeah. uh, you know the shows aren't going to change. Uh, if anything, you're going to get more of them as i say they've picked up the shondaland series for the people so that'll be on there which is the perfect place for it because they have half the other shondaland series so (laughs) that's look out for that i think it's august they're changing the name for that and then uh, viacom are launching a free-to-air channel called paramount network in the uk paramount network actually runs by viacom in the us it's going to be another one of those situations where just because it's on paramount network in the us doesn't mean it'll be on paramount over here they 
they're just using the brand. Technically, it's run by Channel 5. So at the moment, it seems to be a general dumpery for other shows. Uh, they are running uh, Suit Season 7, which hasn't had a free-to-air broadcast over here outside of it being on Netflix. It's not being on normal broadcast TV before. So if you've not got a Netflix account, you will be able to see Suit Season 7. Season 8 will be coming onto Netflix as normal. They're running other shows as well, but it's it's not... Don't expect it to be full of original series. It is no. going to be things that are free-to-air premieres, but they're probably not going to be premiering shows on it, I wouldn't have thought. Um, it's going to be another one of those channels that runs things that have aired on somewhere else two years ago, you know, so... Yeah, did I read that Will and Grace was going on there, for example? Yeah, Will and Grace yeah. is going on there. My guess is it will still go out on Channel 5 first. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I could be wrong about that, but they have said Will and Grace is going on there, but I, I suspect it will go out on Channel 5 before it goes on, out on Paramount when it comes back for its next season. I, I could be wrong, but that would be my suspicion. I don't think it's going to be a first-run channel for them, given that it's Channel 5 as well. I mean, their scheduling's all over the place, so <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. A couple of other little bits of news. Uh, Lucifer as well, which I was reading about today. Maybe this isn't confirmed in any way, shape, or form, but maybe going to Amazon. They are apparently in talks with Amazon to pick it up. Uh, the person who is in control of Amazon has said there have been some talks about picking up Lucifer strongly being pushed by um, Amazon UK, apparently, who oh. Amazon UK, of course, Air Lucifer, uh, yeah, premiere it in the UK. So it's no great shock that they're the people behind it, but uh, I'm pushing it. But there have been some discussion on picking that up. We'll let you know if it comes to anything. No confirmation, but at least we know they are talking to people. There is some hope still for Lucifer out there. Moving on to bigger news, Jane Goldman, her of, of being screenwriter of Kingsman, Kick-Ass, uh, X-Men First Class and wife of Jonathan Ross. She has landed a major TV project in that she's picked up the first Game of Thrones spin-off, only for a pilot order at the moment. It's not guaranteed a series, but um, if you remember, they actually had five different screenwriters developing five different pilots for Game of Thrones as a way to uh, try and find some way of moving the story forward. It looks like the Battle of the Pilots has been won by Jane Goldman. Uh, she's going to be getting the first one out the gate. They may develop some of the others as well at some point, but there's now not really any rush because we don't get Game of Thrones until next year. And if they're looking at this one now and this goes, it will be the year after presumably Game of Thrones ends before we actually get it on air. It's interesting because although they're calling it a prequel, it is a way, way, way back prequel because it's set thousands of years before everything that we've already seen. So you're not going to get like a young Ned Stark. You're not going to get any of that sort of stuff. There are some characters in there that have been referenced as historical figures in the main show, like Bran the Builder. According to the description, Chronicles the World's descent from the golden age of heroes into its darkest hour. The only thing we know for sure from the horrifying secrets of Westeros's history to the true origins of the White Walkers, mysteries of the East to the Stark legend, it's not the story we think we know. So, ooh... 
Yeah. <laughs> um, is is it wrong of me not to feel interested in this at all? Really? Yeah. Well, I'm I, one of the I'm one of those weird ones that are not really into Game of Thrones. Oh, I well, I mean, it, I guess if you're not into the main series, you'll have no interest in this either. Yeah. But um, this is likely to be based around the time of building the wall which you know is obviously a major thing in game of thrones building of winterfell as as well quite possibly in there the founding of the stark and lannister houses was around that sort of time i think they're talking 10,000 years before the events that we've been seeing on screen the idea that it's not the story that we think we know it, the the written history that is out there by George R. R. Martin may have been changed slightly with his consent. He is he is the the co-creator in terms of the story development of this. He co-created it with Goldman. Goldman then went on and wrote the actual script for the series. But George R. R. Martin is very much involved in the process of shaping this series as well. As a huge Game of Thrones fan, it's definitely one that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for. I think you probably not so if you were no, happy probably watching not. the main <laughs> series. Next story we've got is Joss Whedon is looking like he's going to make a some sort of return to TV uh, even if it's as an exec producer this time around rather than being directly involved in the show he's got two shows coming first one is currently known as Pippa Smith grown-up detective which uh, comes from the British American comedian and writer Siobhan Thompson who is a stand-up comedian and uh, writer she's done some stuff for college humor uh, American comedian and writer Rebecca Drysdale who worked on Kim Peel. It's a dark comedy that follows Pippa Smith, a 20-something former kid sleuth, as she deals with relationships, addiction, and being too dang old for the detective game. Each episode, Pippa solves a new case while unraveling a bigger mystery and attempting to navigate her messy personal life. There was a show that was pitched not that long ago, which was based on a on a kid detective book series. And this sounds eerily sim- similar. It reminds me a little, it sounds a little bit like Veronica Mars. There's a Veronica Mars feel to it. Yes. It's obviously, it was a kid detective. She's now grown up and she's 20 something. I mean, I don't know. It's really going to live or die on the quality of the writing. It's interesting to see Joss Whedon back producing something which is a sort of female-led drama, but how much involvement he's actually going to have in it, I don't know. Uh, Mm. The other show is a fantasy drama which was previously known as Motherland, but they've changed the name of it because there's already a show called Motherland. Comes from Elliot Lawrence, who did a show called Claws, set in an alternate America where witches ended their persecution 300 years ago by cutting a deal with the US government to fight for their country. The series follows three young women from basic training in combat college to early deployment at Fort Salem. In this world, the traditional roles of gender and power are flipped, with more dominant women on the front lines fighting looming terrorist threats that are familiar to our world, but with tactics and weapons that are supernatural. I quite like this idea it's kind of an outworld where witches or magic is real and yeah it's actually being deployed in a military way which i think <laughs> is a really interesting idea it's got some originality to it yeah yeah i think so definitely that idea of the alternate kind of universe a bit like sort of handmaid's tale or man in the high castle was something that freeform executive of programming and development said that that was sort of something that 
they've been looking for something about witches, but this sort of alt reality thing was something that that kind of really quite appealed to them as a sort of interesting idea for a show. That's definitely got a pilot, whatever that ends up being called. That drama that is is going to be piloted. The Pippa Smith grown up detective is in development at the moment, so we don't know whether that's going to die a death or whether that will actually get a pilot as well. We don't mm-hmm. know at the moment. And uh, lastly, Keenan Lonsdale, he of uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Flash as Kid Flash Wally West, is leaving the Arrowverse, basically. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow is gaining a couple of new people as well. The news came out that he was going to be leaving the show because mm. it did look like he was going to be one of the people taking a seat on the Wave Rider for the next season. It's entirely his decision to do it. It's He's not been booted off the show or anything. Thing. He then released a statement that said, uh, so a lot of you have read, I'm not returning next season as a series regular on The Flash or Legends. Definitely not a total goodbye or see you never situation because Wally West will still be around when you need him the most. Uh, it just won't be full time anymore. So I would expect him to still pop up in the odd guest role, you know, when you would expect Wally to be there for something, he will be yeah. there. He's basically saying that he's changed quite a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, a part of that, I think, is reference to the fact that he came out last year you know he's saying i've changed a lot for infinite reasons my perspective on life uh, for what i want is now just completely different and my heart told me that it was the right time to continue my journey on an unknown path but i'm damn grateful for both shows respecting that with me i was sorry to see him go but he had yeah. been somewhat under, underutilized on both shows yeah. so um, i was a bit gutted uh, because i thought having a place on the wave rider would make that combination of a speedster with them really good so it's a bit sad that um he is going but the two new additions make it interesting because did you see the episode of legends where they went back to the the time in the world where there were just lots of avas yes yeah so the two new additions are well not so much new additions because they have been on the show before firstly matt ryan is confirmed coming back as john constantine as a series regular which i'm really happy about because there was such a push to get him after the show was cancelled after his Constantine show was cancelled to get him firmly properly into the Arrowverse and this seems like a really good place to put him mm. the other person is Jess McKellen who plays Ava Sharp the Time Bureau agent who I think he's now actually running the Time Bureau she's been up to series regular on the uh, new season as well I don't know whether that means she's just going to be in a lot of the episodes or whether she's going to be actually travelling with the Legends and taking one of the seats but she is a series regular on the show so um we'll see what happens with that of course i mean there's there's always a reason it's very easy for her to get onto the ship because she's got like time bracelet things that just open a door and she walks through yeah. so <laughs> i'm quite happy about this i i i'll be interested to see who else they add and whether i mean that you could pull over uh jesse quick if you needed another speedster and yeah, just rewrite, speedster, yeah. rewrite all uh kid flashy stuff to jesse quick instead that <laughs> maybe one way to do it it's not as if they've been short of speedsters on the flash they've got hundreds of them yeah they're probably another one for next season as well isn't there yeah yeah and i mean if they were going to follow the uh, comic book version there's two wally wests as well so 
Yeah. Oh. In the comic book world, there is there's the original Wally West, who was a white kid with uh, ginger hair, who kind of grew up with Barry and was part of the Teen Titans and all that sort of stuff. They then, in one of the kind of, I think it was Rebirth run, or it was either that or the New 52, they created another Wally West, who was the uh, African-American kid that is the version that's represented on the TV series. But in the comic book, there are two different versions of Wally West. So you never know, you could bring back a different Ooh. Wally West if you wanted to. Although really I, yeah. I, I don't know how you'd explain that on the TV show because we've never seen the other version. So, you know, that's certainly a possibility. But uh, yeah, like I say, we're not short of speedsters. There are a few others kicking around that you could rope in if you wanted to. Excellent. So I think that's good news all around. Keenan's off doing, yeah, we'll be very interested to see what he does next. He's off doing whatever he goes off to do. And yeah, I'm sure we'll see him around on other stuff. And we get Matt Ryan permanently, oh. which I'm incredibly happy about. So, you know, <laughs> that's good. Sticking with the time traveling theme, we're now going to move on to an interview. <laughs> It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The interview this week is with one of the stars of Timeless, Patterson Joseph. Patterson plays Connor Mason on uh, the time-travelling TV show Timeless, which, as at the moment, at the time of recording, is neither renewed or cancelled, that show. It's very much in limbo. So it may still come back. We don't know yet. Patterson trained at the London Academy of Music and Drama. He's worked across theatre, TV and film. TV workers include shows like Casualty, Relic, Peep Show. He was on The Leftover. Safe House, movie projects have seen him appear in Danny Ball's The Beach, on Flux with Charlie Theron. He's worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company. He's uh, started King Lear and Love Labour's Lost and Julius Caesar. So a uh, very, very experienced actor. He's currently starring in a uh, show in London called Sancho, an act of remembrance at the Wilton Music Hall in London. So we talk a little bit about that towards the end of the interview. But this is the first time he's actually ever been into interviewed specifically about Timeless in the two seasons it's been on air. He's occasionally talked about Timeless when he's been interviewed about something else, but this is the first time anybody's actually interviewed him about Timeless and his character and the show himself, apparently, so as far as he can remember anyway. Had a lovely time talking to him. He's a really, really nice guy. Here's the interview with Patterson. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week. Hello, Patterson. Hello, David. How are you? All right. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you very much. Good. Thank you for giving up your time to come on and talk about your show. Not at all. Happy um, to. You were saying this is the first time you've been interviewed about Timeless. <laughs> <laughs> well, properly, yeah. I mean, I think I did one television interview, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe. I can't even remember. No, I, I tend to add Timeless to all the in other interviews I do for other things. I think it's because I live in London and most of the publicity that they do is in the States. So of course. they're not really concentrating on the British scene, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, I think that's probably why the publicity department don't do anything on our side of the Atlantic. Yes, it's a shame, really. Yeah, it really is. 
It really is. Just wanted to give a quick bit of thanks to uh, Sam over at the Same Timeless UK Twitter feed because she was the sort of person that suggested... She was the go-between, the catalyst. Thank she, you, Sam. She was. So she had a couple of questions for you. So uh, we'll, we'll, and I thought it's only fair, so she was the catalyst for this, that uh, we throw those in. Although the first question she had was, what was attracted you to the project? And I was interviewing Rick Hoffman, who plays Lewis Litt on Suits, and he always says, never ask an actor that question because the honest answer is usually money and not wanting to starve. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. He's got um, it spot on, yes, <laughs> the most part, yes. Uh, so, so I guess, how did you get the role? Was it a sort of straight audition process? And what did you think about the character when you did get it? Well, to make it a slightly longer story, it transpired that I was about to do a TV series, second part uh, of a thing called Safe House. Oh, yes. And one of the actors took ill and we were uh, shut down. Right. So I had three months, so maybe a bit less, of work lined up that suddenly disappeared at the beginning of 2016. Yeah. And so did a couple of hundred other people uh, overnight. (laughs) So it was like, oh, okay, we're unemployed for a while. What's going to happen? But coincidentally, I got three screen tests, or four actually, came in at the same time. Three of them I really liked. The fourth, I thought, this is brilliant. And then they called to say, oh, actually, that one's not happening. And it was called Time. And I did the other interviews. They were all fine. And then they came back and said, actually, we want to offer you the job. So I didn't even really audition for it. Nice. Um, I suspect to be ultra real about it, it often happens that there's another actor who they think is right for it, but that other actor either has work or just can't work it out with the schedule or decides not to do it. And so the second <laughs> the second place guy comes in. So, I mean, this is not me being self-deprecating. It's just part of our job. I mean, if you, yeah, talk, to, yeah. if you talk to Harrison Ford, he'll tell you he wasn't the first choice. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but we know that there is only one. There's only one Harrison Ford, you know, yes, playing yes. Indiana Jones. So, yeah. um, but what's interesting to me is is that once I did a Skype call with Eric and Sean, it was clear that they were really big fans. They really loved the leftovers. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. yeah, and so I think it was for them because other all sorts of people make a decision. By the way, David, on casting, not just the director. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's rarely the director. <laughs> it's it's often um, unless he's there a big name. It's it's often the producers and the uh, executives yeah. who make those decisions. So whoever made the decision, I think Eric and Sean were really happy that I was able to do it. So that, yeah. that made yeah. me feel very confident. Plus, it's about time, man. I mean, timeless. <laughs> it is about time travel. This is my Venn diagram. It's smack in the middle yeah. of my Venn diagram. My fa- favorite show growing up, uh, the very first one was Lost in Space. But the second one was a thing called Time tunnel which a lot of people don't remember because or never knew because they were not as old as I am (laughs) but at mid-70s Irwin Allen he of the disaster movies you know Towering Inferno etc he used to make these amazing TV shows that were full of action and adventure you know um, Land of the Giants Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea all these kind of grand titles and it was just basically people you know getting into danger and you know fighting monsters and throwing themselves about which Mm. I did in my my living room on on a daily basis much to my mum's consternation. <laughs> You're going to break this sofa. But, um, I really wanted to be in a show like that. As an actor, I would have 
I would have cut off limbs to be in a show like I'm in. And so, I, yeah, I, I'm in the happiest place possible, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not your first foray into sort of time travel because you have popped up in episodes of Doctor Who before. So It's not my first sci-fi rodeo, David. <laughs> no, and no. Yes, that and Survivors, I suppose yeah. Survivors would be counted as sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, I think. yeah no, I think, I yeah. think that's counts as sci-fi. And, yeah. I mean, there was Neverwhere, which was definitely kind of fantasy that's fantasy yeah, sci-fi yeah well. Well, that's probably my first foray and then there was a thing called uh hyperdrive oh yes yeah which was also a space comedy and i play some ridiculous captain yes yes, yes. that was oh. uh nick frost that series nick frost that's right yeah, and yeah. also miranda hart yes yeah Kevin Elton. yes it was a great cast yeah yeah. It was a really, really great cast. No, it was, a, it was a fun show, that. Yeah. So with Timeless, you've obviously just had the second season. Uh, spectacular way to end. I mean... Uh, oh, yeah. Just, just the second lifeboat turning up with them stacking oh, out going, no. do you want to save Rufus? <laughs> do, do you know what's really odd about it, David, is that you'd look and you go, oh, these are actors, these are professionals, these people really know what they're doing, they're acting surprised. But we literally didn't see these two, the, the future Wyatt, Lucy, yeah. until the shot. <laughs> and so our, our look of what was... <laughs> Very, very genuine. Because we'd only just like two minutes before realised what they were doing, like how they had twisted the end. We did get the end, but it didn't impact on us until we saw it, you know, yeah, until yeah. we saw them coming out. The live, was, we were really excited. It was a really buzzy day, that one. Yeah. In terms of the sort of internal logic of, of Timeless, this is sort of mm. the first time we've seen them crossover into their own timeline as well yes. which is kind of interesting yes. which i thought i mean there's a guy well stanley stanley uh, fisher i think he's called in the um the general episode the penultimate yeah. episode uh, one of my favorite characters by the way and a great actor terry maratus shout yeah. out to him um it's hard to play mad david <laughs> it, it's easy to be mad but it's hard to play mad because you've got to control it enough so that people aren't just annoyed by your madness so he was yes. brilliant at that but when he, when I read that episode, and I get really excited, I have to take myself away. I don't want to hear any spoilers. The other cast member, have you read episode eight? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, go away. Don't tell me anything. So I like to sit alone and read it, you know. But I thought that when he talks about time travel and the fact that Gia can time travel in her head, mm-hmm. I thought what we're doing here is we're breaking we're breaking the system in, in a way. We're mm. breaking the construction, the, the whole you cannot go back in time and you cannot leave the, this time without the machine. Suddenly, I thought they're opening up the world here because mm. the possibilities for a single person to travel by themselves is then open without yeah. a machine. How is that going to work? That's crazy. <laughs> and then when I quite quietly read episode 10, I had to read it on set because it was it was a very intense end of shoot. So I had to quietly take myself off into various corners to, to read it without people looking over my shoulder. Yeah, that bit's really great. <laughs> like, Go away. But when I read that last moment i was like this is a wonderful show you know because it's great when you set up a premise and you keep that premise really strongly but it's wonderful when once you've learned what the premise is you start to break the rules a bit because that's what we want we don't want it just to be you know a kind of factional thing Mm. like this we have to do this every week you want to be free so the the writers have done a tremendous job at breaking the the sort of um yeah the linear nature of time and 
how timeless works. And I think that's really exciting for the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How early did you know or, or realise that Jessica was was going to turn out to be sort of evil and written as? When you guys did, I suppose. I mean, in terms of reading episodes, if you think about us reading right, the yeah. episodes just as you guys watch them, that's when we found out. Oh, we were right. speculating. I mean, we were all speculating, of course, and as soon as she came, as soon as we read that episode and she was in, Tonya's just brilliant. She just, see, the funny thing is we're, we're, we're a team that have been together quite a while now because yeah, we've been together yeah. since 2016. And so to have somebody new come in was as strange as it appears in the program. It was slightly, oh, Oh, right. Okay. You're a you're, oh, all right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's slightly not reluctant, but just cautious. And uh, she okay. So we were all a bit like that with the script. We nobody truly believed that she was just straight up, you know, innocent. Yes. But we thought that perhaps she had been manipulated and didn't know that uh, Rittenhouse might have been using her to undermine Wyatt. But yeah, the big shock, the big <laughs> shock. And then we all went, yeah, of course you are. We knew it all the time. But we didn't. And she played it so well. I wonder if Tonya, you'd have to ask her, actually, if they hid it from her so that she mm. would, I suppose, be play, playing it more purely. But I, I suspect she knew from the beginning was just um, a liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, your character of, of uh, Connor Mason has had quite a major shift throughout two seasons, going from being this kind of millionaire, billionaire industry boss to <laughs> being stuck in this bunker with everybody else. You got to do some uh, some great stuff this season. You had had some uh, some great drunk acting. <laughs> yes, thank you. No acting required. Yes. Um, what do they actually put in the bottles when you're doing that? Oh god, the worst kind of things. This one, um, they usually use tea. I don't like tea, uh, cold tea anyway. Yes. So, so they, they avoided that. I think this might have been a bit of very watered down ginger ale, possibly. <laughs> right. Possibly, but I can't. I can't remember. It was. As far as I know and remember, disgusting. <laughs> they, they always use something that dries your mouth completely, which tea does. And usually, yeah. well, I'm acting. Why am I having a dry mouth? That's yes. not right. <laughs> um, but obviously, we couldn't use the real deal because you can only do one take. <laughs> you can only do one take, uh, and then you'd have to do a lot of uh, additional dialogue recording because um, you'd be slurring. Yes, you did Very take true. five. So no, it's it's horrible, nasty sort of sugared water or, or watered down ginger ale in that case yes um, you did get to recite some Macbeth well plastered in that episode yes. as well was that actually in the script was that something that <laughs> came up as, as an RSC alumni it must be quite nice to, to be able to get to get some uh, uh, Macbeth onto the show yes and believe me there have been many a drunk actor at the RSC who's recited <laughs> Shakespeare just like that. No, I have, um, I named no names. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I, had, I had this moment where I thought, oh, brilliant. This is, this is a bit of Shakespeare, so I'll embellish it a bit. So, because I knew the other two lines, you yeah. see. So I did. And I, then I sent uh, my note to Anselm, who was our, um, yeah. <laughs> who is the writer. And Anselm just went, I think that's enough, Shakespeare. <laughs> so the one line, you would have had an almost entire speech if I'd been left to my own devices, but he was quite right i need to get on with it 
one line. One line is fine, Patterson. Do you have a particular favorite favorite uh, Connor line from the series? That's a really good one. I mean, I love just because it's rousing. It's not particularly funny, but I, I just love him saying it's not funny at all. I, I loved when he said to hell with oblivion because it was such a great callback yeah. to where he was at, you know, almost suicidal, actually, in the early parts. Like he didn't know where that was going to go, whether mm. it was going to go, you know, funny drunk or whether it was going to get just dark, dark, depressed, drunk. And he was on the cusp of that. So I, I, that line really resonates with me, to hell with oblivion, because that is the setup for Connor's next you know, few episodes, is that he is back. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, no, that, that line rings. But I also, I just, so many little things. I did like, this is like being stoned to death with popcorn. That's a pretty, <laughs> that was a pretty good line. And I'm sure once we've signed off, I'll think of three or four others. But uh, yeah, yes, yeah, there are some lovely ones in there. I, I think as well, my very first speech where I talk about um, what time is, you know, how, how we can travel back in time when I get that bit of paper and I talk mm -hmm. about the closed time-like curve. And I, to me, that was classic Connor. And I, the Connor I would have wanted maybe even more of in the first season because there's a lot of Machiavellian stuff, but not a lot of science. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I was begging for that for this season, that I would have more more scientific stuff to do uh, and also be a bit uh, broken. And they, they definitely gave me both of those things. I think... Um, I was very happy. They were very good to me because the character was a bit hard to not only like, but to understand yeah. what his motivations were. Now, you know, he was protecting Rufus in a way. He was protecting himself majorly. But there was also uh, the, what you couldn't see, I suppose, until the very last episode of the last season was that he, he really loved those people and he wanted to save them and somehow give Rittenhouse what they wanted, but keep everybody alive. You know, he didn't throw anybody under the bus as such. So for me, it was great in this season to get the full picture of Connor. So you could see that he, he we saw a compromised Connor in the first season. And here he here's the real man himself. Mm. And almost more than he was before because of the... When, when somebody's got a lot of authority and have had for a long time, a yeah. lot of power, yeah. and they lose it, they can go one of two ways, I think, David. They can either embrace the humility and become very, very nice people, actually, because they realize yeah. what, a, what awful people they've been, but also their empathy level just rises because they've gone through something, or they just sort of crumble into an angry, angry mess. So I'm glad that what they gave him was a sort of reality, which is, look, when you've been through a trauma like that, and you've maybe let yourself down, you can bounce back as long as you're humble enough to accept that you were wrong. And, and I think that's the great thing that the writers psychologically really had him right. You know, he wasn't a villain. He never was a villain. Mm. He was just mm. compromised. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very pleased with the story arc. You also got to travel in the lifeboat for the first time this season but as well. Reluctantly, reluctantly, <laughs> yes. but yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, we've been begging, uh, a number of us actually who haven't been traveling, begging that, please, can we travel? Um, and so to do that, I and also on an episode that was about the blues, about yeah. Robertson, about the African-American experience, about being black and British and meeting these African-Americans. And that's that mashup, which a lot of people, especially a lot of black people, have said that it was wonderful to see. Yeah. And the Rufus-Mason relationship, and me, me and Malcolm talk about this all the time, is that it's very rare to see, you could say, the black diaspora 
talking to each other and having relations with each other. It's usually, apart from Black Panther, I suppose, and mm. that is an antagonistic relationship. You usually see one side or the other. It's either a British story with black people in it, an African story of black people, or an, an American story with black people. But to have, if you like, the diaspora, to have a, a, a wider view of, of what a black person can be, you know? Yeah. It, was for me and and Malcolm really important, and um, it was really beautifully written. So to add Robert Johnson, the great Kamal Nakui, who played him, oh, he's so wonderful. <laughs> um, that for us, it was like a celebration. It was like this show is really celebrating the diversity of of life and of of um, of the show. Really, it's wonderful. It's a show that does that so so well. I think. Um, mm. and, and covers I mean, those elements so well. Yeah, I mean, you think about uh, all the LGBTQ people who have said, I love this show because it includes us. Yes. Because we're in there. And it's not <gasps> sensational. Mm. You're just part of the world. And it, it, it's a really affirming thing. Something that I always thought we would have as a young actor, you know, I'd always been encouraged to think, look, the world is changing. Don't be afraid that you're going to get, you know, just servants and slaves. You know, the world is moving on and people will write what they see. And I think it's beginning at last, 30 years after I started, <laughs> it's beginning at last to happen more and more frequently. Yeah, I think that's very, very true, which is, as you say, about time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So we should probably address the elephant in the room, which is the cancellation and renewal side of, mm. of things. Um, yes. you know, uh, as we stand recording this now, you're neither cancelled nor renewed. So <laughs> um, it's an odd situation, I guess, as, as an actor and a team to be in, because you're sort of twiddling your thumbs a bit to sort of, I mean, you're doing other stuff, but you're kind of waiting to see whether, whether it comes back or not. Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, um, I've never really worked in Hollywood as such, you know. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know how it works. So this was all new to me. The leftovers, I did about, you know, four or five days every year. So it wasn't really heavy and I didn't get involved in it at all. And also this HBO. So they work very differently. Yeah. Networks obviously have our big machines and their concerns are not always um, just the small human concerns that yeah. you would I'd expect. It's a bit like the BBC. They have to deal with big corporate ideas. What's the new thing we're doing this year? We've got a new executive in charge of this and they want to do this. So there's a lot of machinations that go on behind the scenes. It's great for fans and we must keep plugging away and sort of waving at NBC. But actually that decision was made behind the scenes with Sony giving as much to NBC as possible to persuade them to continue with the series. Yeah. That was last season. I suspect that they will try to do the same thing this season. But, um, I, I, you know, of course it should be down to the fans. Of course mm. it should be. If people shout loud enough, yeah, we'll put the program on because they love it. But it isn't that isn't the way it works to be cold about it. But we no. were all really shocked because I'd never experienced anything like it in the UK because we don't have that kind of system. Yes. The the cancellation um, yeah. moment. And what do they call it? The upfront. The, the upfront blood uh, Where they announce what's, <laughs> yes. what's in, what's out, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what's dying and what's living. Yeah. And then we had this four days, three days of, okay, that's not happening last year. That's yeah. not happening. Okay, that's fine. We'll deal with it. And then four days later, oh, no, we're back on. So <laughs> it, it was just weird. There's no other way to describe it other than it was weird. It was just very odd. And Eric kept on having to say, no, this is not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> 
he kept on having to, to send emails to go, no, 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 I'm not joking. It's <laughs> You're back. back on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, believe it. that reversal is, uh, certainly for a network show, is is almost unheard of, that sort yes. of... Yes, well, even, even the Americans that I work with are saying they've never heard of it ever happening. Yeah, so, and uh, as I say, as we stand with season, you know, at the end of season two, they've not announced either way. So we're <laughs> just waiting right now. If you do come back for a third season, where would you like to see the show going? Um, I think they should just be as brave as they've been in this final episode in particular, which is just let's break the the system that we've set up and find out what it's like to go back to a time that you were actually in yeah, and to change things in increments. So rather than going back, you know, 100, 150 years, you go back five, you know. Mm. Seven. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. To see, you know, how subtly we can play that out. Like, what's slightly different now? I and mean, even to, to to tell us, you know, ten years ago, not as many people perhaps had uh, were on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, that that twenty years ago, hardly anyone had a mobile phone. You know, yeah. apart from those massive ones. So I, I wonder if um if there would be some really interesting things to do with that. And also, by the way, if we could go to the future, see. Mm. That that bit of science is always tricky because you think, well, it doesn't exist yet. So how could you go back? To, I can imagine you going back to an echo of something that has happened, but to do something that's never happened, is that scientifically even possible? But I, I would hope that they would push it out there and not just stick to our orthodoxy about time travel, but just break it, do something new with it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the finale does introduce a very interesting possibility because you have people from the future now mm. in your present going into what is effectively their past so yes. can yeah. you travel back with them i yeah i mean i don't know That's... yeah but it depends if they're going back to when rufus died well who can go back there only those people who weren't there i presume unless again we've changed the rules there yes so and then, you know the stories are myriad because you then ask ask the question where have they come from this bearded wyatt and this uh you know uh lara croft <laughs> <laughs> where have they come from yeah and actually um how do they know that Rufus is alive. Yeah. Are they, are, or do they have a cure for what was it? Bullet wounds or whatever he was shot. <laughs> yes. Do they have a cure in the future for that? Can they reverse death? Yeah. I mean, you know, what are they bringing to, to us in order to save him? That that Those are the questions, I think, for season three. And potentially, if they bring him back, that's going to alter their past, which potentially means that their future's different. So I'm hoping that this, the, the, the new Lucy and Wyatt, who seem super smart and super capable, have worked that out. <laughs> I would hope so, yes. I, would hope so. I don't want them going, oops, we didn't think of... No, that would be terrible. Yeah, I, I trust the uh, the creators <laughs> of the show implicitly yes. on this. I'm yeah. sure they've they've figured all that stuff out. So you're back in London. You're doing a play. What's the play you're doing? It's called Sancho, an act of remembrance. And yes. it's at Wilton's Music Hall, which is in the East End of London. And it's on till the 16th of June. It's about the first black man to vote in a British parliamentary election. Election. He's also extremely funny and witty, and he is writing and living and acting and dancing and playing music and writing books on music in the middle of the 18th century. So he was an extraordinary man living in terrible times for the African diaspora, and yet he managed to not only survive, but thrive and become an artist and a voter. 
So that, that for wow. me was why I started writing. It's many years ago, in fact, probably started writing in 2005, um, finished it finally in roughly 2010. And so, yeah, here we are eight years later, a new version, but uh, very powerful, really, because it's, um, it's it becomes at a time when the US, African-American uh, community anyway, are struggling with uh, disenfranchisement, really, because yeah. of their yeah. voting papers not being correct or at least there being demands mm. for a photo ID, which is difficult for all Americans. Most Americans don't have a passport, by the way. Yes. So that's an issue with them, which I found out about in Harlem just a few weeks ago doing the show. Very, very powerful effect. And also now, unfortunately, the Windrush scandal. Yeah. Which is the scandal of my parents' generation who came from the Caribbean, called by the mother country to work here in the United Kingdom after the Second World War. And uh, they've been sent back. Some of them have been sent back because their papers have been destroyed by the government yeah. or were yeah. never printed by the government. These people who... Some of whom came as children, being sent back to a country they've never lived in. So there has been a massive scandal. They're trying to reverse everything. And unfortunately, the play lends itself to that particular scenario about finding your papers, finding your right to be here, to vote, to be a British citizen. And so, yeah, it has a resonance that it never had when I first started writing it in 2004, which I'm I'm sort of grateful for, but also very sad about, David. Yeah, it's an appalling situation at the moment. And I can only hope that things get better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's, that, that's it. That we've got to. We've got to hope that enough people like you and, and, and the other politicians who's of whatever um, variety have spoken out about the outrage of this, yeah. treating people in this way. And I think this is what's happened in the world, really. We've gone statistics and not people. Mm. A bit like a network saying, we want to do this because we want these numbers. We want to do the show again because these numbers are good. Yeah. But these numbers yeah. aren't so good, so we'll cancel it. Regardless <laughs> of the fact that it's doing something new and it's doing something important, that that people are seeing themselves on screen as heroes and heroines in a way that they've never before, you know. So it, 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 honestly, it's the way of the world. It's not just uh, corporations that we yeah. look sometimes at statistics and not at people. And that would be a great thing to change in the world, I think. Yes, it would be, definitely. Mm. So I have two final questions for you that we always ask our guests. So okay. the first question would be, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Okay, um, I am watching Westworld. I love that show. I, we, I actually, we do a regular podcast of Westworld, just specifically of Westworld. Oh, as well. mate, well, I'm gonna probably going to resist listening to it because I'll just get caught up in it. I've got too <laughs> much to do, but that is so tempting. No, I love Westworld. I love its premise. I love the way it moves. I love the fact that the characters, the female characters are super strong. Yeah. I like the fact that it never tells you exactly what's going on, that you're constantly trying to work stuff out. I love it. Yeah. Um, and what else am I watching? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Uh, which I love. And my son, who's 15, is obsessed with. Yes. So what else am I watching? What else am I Well, I'm obviously watching a lot of um, French Open tennis because I love that. <laughs> And BBC iPlayer, I'm obsessed with. So yes. pretty much anything on that. I've been really enjoying a thing called Kunk on Britain. Oh, yes, yes. Which, which if you want to find out some facts about Britain, don't watch it. <laughs> but if you want to want, but if you want to be, will laugh at some facts that you know turned around. 
then yes. do watch it. It's fantastically good fun. Very actually, funny. actually quite educational. Some of it's very educational. <laughs> I love the interviews with the uh, experts, and she asks dumb questions, <laughs> yeah. and you see their faces going, "Am I going to go with this, or am I going <laughs> to tell her to just stop being so stupid?" Because yes. there were a couple of people who do that. Like that's very silly. <laughs> and, then it can't and there are others who just join in, which I think is great. And I love that program. It's very strange and different format from most other comedy shows. Yes, but yeah, those, those are the highlights. I think. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, not one you've been on, which show would it be? I think I would have liked to have been in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, <laughs> which is circa 1977, probably. Again, Irwin Allen disaster movie thing, and. Basically, actually, when I think about it now, quite a boring program because it's set in a submarine. So there's not a lot going on apart from blokes talking to each other. Yeah. And then there's the odd sea creature. But the best bit about Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea was the explosions and when they were knocked about by some giant octopus and they had to throw themselves about that. I would have loved. What a great pick. I don't think we've had that one before. <laughs> I know you won't have done. No, you won't. Well, thank you for spending a little bit of time. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. David, that was so easy. Thank you. I really, really hope that Timeless comes back uh, and uh, we will definitely be posting about it either way, but I'm hoping it's a positive story, not a negative one. Yes, please. Thank you for that. And uh, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? What's your Twitter account? I'm at Ignatius underscore Sancho but you can find me if you do Patterson Joseph it will come up as yeah. Ignatius underscore Sancho awesome so go find him on Twitter but uh, okay. thank you for your, your time it's been a pleasure talking to you hopefully we'll get to speak again at some point in the future thanks David bye cheers buddy bye so that was the interview with Patterson Joseph hope you really enjoyed that if you want to go and catch him in London he's on for the next couple of weeks I think uh, his show Sancho Act of Remembrance is at the Wilton Music Hall in London we have no news at the moment on Timeless as I said at the start of the interview it's still in limbo we don't know whether NBC are going to renew it or cancel it we will let you know when we find out a bit more information about that but uh, in limbo at the moment so who knows next we have some highlights for next week on TV Highlights for next week on TV, we have The Bold Type, which is a comedy drama about three friends who work for Scarlet, a global women's magazine. Season two of that is coming on the 13th of June. You can go and stream season one on there as well. There is a show called Carter coming to Alibi, which uh, stars Jerry O'Connell as an actor who becomes a real-life detective after a public Hollywood meltdown. Jerry O'Connell's quite good fun to watch. That's on the 13th of June at 9pm. Sounds like a fun procedural in the vein of something like Castle, I guess. That show could be one to mm -hmm. watch out for. Outlander, that's coming to more for for its second season. That's on the 14th of June at 9pm. I really love that show thoroughly enjoying it it gets there's some of the romance stuff kind of drags it down a bit for me but uh, there's enough swashbuckling and stabbing people with swords and things in it to uh, to keep you entertained as well if you're into that sort of thing <laughs> but season two of that coming to more for uh it will still end up premiering on uh, amazon prime but that's not until later in the year magicians season three of that coming to five star on the 14th of june at 10 p.m uh, i watched some of the first season of this and i've i've yet to catch up with the rest of it but 
but uh, that's about uh, students in New York that discover magic is real. Marlon, which is a sitcom starring Marlon Wayans, that's about an internet superstar with a big personality. What he lacks in judgment, he makes up for in heart. I've no idea whether that's any good or not, but uh, that's coming to Netflix on the 14th of June, first season of that. The Ranch, season two, part five, apparently. Um, oh my word. <laughs> yeah, they seem to have split that up into some really odd segments. That's coming to Netflix on the 15th of June. That's the Aston Kutcher series. Queer Eye season two coming to Netflix on the 15th of June as well. I've not seen any of this. I don't know whether you, have you caught any of Yeah, I watched the whole one. Um, I really enjoyed it. I do vaguely remember it from when it was first on all those years ago. Yeah. Um, um, I did have a few issues with it, mainly being all based in one city. But I right. think they're going a bit global now. I'm looking, really looking forward to that. It was a feel-good show and it had a different take on the previous version back in the day. And it's, yeah, it's a real diversion-type viewing, sort of chill, look yeah. at a um, bit of entertainment and seeing how they're changing people's lives. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. It might be one that I go and uh, catch up with now everything else has started to finish. So <laughs> Atlanta Robin season, which is also known as season two, that's coming on the 17th of June at 10pm to Fox. One to look out for as I say season one I think is currently running on BBC two so they timed that quite well really the heart guy which is also known as Doctor Doctor season two of that coming to drama which is an Australian drama about a charming heart surgeon that's on the 17th of June at 8pm and Unsolved which is uh, coming to Netflix on the 18th of June this is a crime anthology series the first season is focusing on the murders of Tupac and Nostorious B.I.G got quite a lot of reasonable reviews I seem to remember when this went out in the US but that's all being dumped onto Netflix on the 18th of June and uh, I think that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to put in uh, no I mean I'm gonna go away and start focusing on these uh, missing seven shows I have to get in eight days <laughs> do my 50 for 50 yes um, but um, I am going to try and really get on with some films in the next couple of weeks so I'm gonna hopefully come back to you next time we talk with actual film reviews <laughs> that which is uh, originally why I'm here but I'm sorry Dave yes. <laughs> it's quite alright quite alright you have proper work to do as well <laughs> so if they want to find you they can find you on twitter at gray the geek gray with an a that is as well that's uh, it yeah you can find him there on twitter for us you can find us on geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see all the latest air date info if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.